What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who knows that practice makes perfect, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Practice makes perfect, and perfection is unattainable. So <laughs> i got to keep practicing. That's all there is to it. When I was a kid and I used to practice stuff, I used to practice my instrument to play. I used to practice baseball. I used to practice playing tennis, just different things you learned. Truth is, you never stop in practicing. So you're going to continue to, to grow. Yeah, practice makes perfect. And I'm still, as every human being who is faithful to God, is in search of perfection. To be perfect as my father is perfect, as Jesus says. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, no doubt. Now, I did not play an instrument. You played an instrument growing up. You uh, played the trumpet and you had to practice a lot of it. I was in a dance team, an Irish dance team, in fact, and we had practices every week and then I'd go home and I'd practice in my garage and you learn discipline. And that's why sports or playing an instrument or going to, you know, dance or cheer club practice, uh, you know, kids would probably a lot of times rather do something else than be forced to practice. But that's when they start to learn. I've got to do this to become better at it. The absolute truth where our faith is the same thing. We got to practice at being good Catholics. Otherwise, we'll just never get to where God wants us to be. Yeah, and it's it's called the practice of the faith, right? Mm -hmm. And we oftentimes forget that. I think when we say it, it's just like, oh, the theme of this is practice of the faith. But no, it's it's actually the action, practicing our faith. And when we practice our faith fully, it, it is fulfilling and completely engaging, but we do so oftentimes with a with a, a lukewarmness. And there's not a one of us exempt from that lukewarmness. You know, the most faithful uh, saints who speak about their journey speak about the selfishness and the, and the lukewarmness they, they had. And by virtue, through practice of their faith, were able to overcome those uh, from being limitations and they were able to move beyond it. Well, that's that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do with our kids. That's what we're still trying to do in our marriage of 35 years. We practice being married every day. So your vocation is something else that you practice every day. And sometimes I'm really good at practicing. Sometimes I'm really lazy at practicing. Thanks be to God, mercy's there. <laughs> for sure. Now, for our kids, they also would practice on making decisions. I mean, that's something that they also had to learn also. So when they're little, they could make little decisions like, you know, what do you want to wear today? Okay, here's your, your choices. What do you uh, want to try to do today? Does this sport sound like something that you might be interested? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then they sign up and they go, oh, no, I don't I don't think I like this. Well, you, you got to follow through with this. And then as they got older, the decisions get bigger. Now, we're working with our son right now. He's a senior in high school, and he's got some really big decisions that he's got to go through. In fact, so much so that even he just came to you recently and said, tell me what I should do here. And you said, I can't. Right, right. You know, it was... It was probably the one of the well, you have these few moments in your life, particularly as a parent, where you you suddenly hear yourself 
in the ask of your child. You remember asking that very question at some point. And I know you and I, as we were in our um, dating years, and then when we decided to get married and we decided to go to, to college off to, up to Northern California from where we had been living in Southern California, all these were beginning to make big decisions. And to do that, I heard that echo of my own ask of my dad, of my mom, what should I do? And I had to really reach in deep because I had an answer, <laughs> what I wanted to give my son. And I had an answer of what I knew my wife wanted to give my son, mm -hmm. you, if you were sitting there right next to me. And I just took it all in and like Mary, to ponder it in her heart, I did not respond in the in, in the way that he, he thought I would. I'm sure the disciples were asking Mary, what did we do? And Mary just waits. The decision will, will be your decision when you know that the right time comes. And so I had to say that to him. I said, you just this is a moment, as in many moments in your life, that you that God's calling you to lean on him. He's put these decisions before you. I told him how often we find ourselves where there, there isn't just one choice. If it, was, if it was just one choice, it wouldn't be a choice, would it? Right. It would just be, that's the thing. But it, we have these choices. And so this is one choice amongst one, two, three, or many. And in his case, he had a couple of choices here, and he's still having to discern that. But that's got to be his. And that's part of the, uh, the perfecting of practicing that we do. And that's also part of our ability to trust him. For so long, we were the ones that made the decisions. We were the ones that guide our children along. And now that he is 18, he is graduating soon, and he's got to make some life decisions, we have to trust him to make the right decision and hope that our ability to teach him the faith will allow him to trust God, which leads us to today's show. We're talking about the Holy Family today, and more importantly, the journey to the heart of trust. Our good friend Julie Ondurko, host of Your Next Mission from God, she is joining us today because she's going to talk about the Holy Family on a mission and their trust in God. And then after that, we're going to share just a bit more on this as we work to practice our discernment as parents, helping our children decide what God's next step is for them. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. When I was six years old, I broke my leg. And I was running from my brother and his friends. Tasted a sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rolled down when I was younger then But I can't wait to go home Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Henry Van Dyke, author of the classic short novel The Other Wise Man, believed that the Christmas spirit could be kept alive every day of the year. He wrote, Are you willing to believe that love is the strongest thing in the world, stronger than hate, stronger than evil, stronger than death, and that the blessed life which began in Bethlehem all those years ago is the image and brightness of eternal love? 
then you can keep Christmas, and if you keep it for a day, why not always? Henry Van Dyke was right. We should keep the light of love that is the heart of Christmas burning from one end of the year to the other. It will give you cause to celebrate the joy of each new day and each new opportunity God gives you. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. We're well into our Advent journey now as we set eyes onto the beautiful Christmas morning and the birth of our Savior. Many parents, when they're awaiting a child, they are making plans, making preparation, and maybe have a thought or two about the future of their child. Could you imagine the thoughts that must have been running through the heads of Mary and Joseph as they set out on a mission to raise the Christ child, knowing what his role in our entire salvation history is going to be? Joining me today to tell us more about being on mission with Mary and Joseph. It is our good friend, Julie Andurko. Julie is host of Your Next Mission from God. And Julie is joining us today to talk about our Holy Family. Good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brenda. So while Joseph perhaps didn't understand everything, he was a yes man. He didn't have a whole lot to say, but he was a man of action and he cared for the Holy Family. And Joseph and Mary, well, they had a mission and it wasn't like a little mission like, okay, you're going to have these kids till you're 18. They were in charge and they were the protectors of God. God made man in Jesus Christ. So kind of tell our listeners, set the stage for these two, because they had very big role to fulfill. They did. Can you just imagine being given the the most important mission and task in all of human history? Yeah. That's amazing. And like you said, Joseph didn't understand necessarily everything that was going on. Well, Mary probably didn't either. I mean, I think things were evolved, but, but they had to say yes and take each step. And see where it led. But even if they didn't understand, that didn't lessen the importance. Their yes was just as important. Like Joseph, maybe he didn't know what was coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. He didn't know, but he knew he had to do this. And if this was the son of David, the savior, the great I am, it was providential. They were Jewish. They had the prophecy. Everyone was waiting for this child to come. And now it was going to come to them. And there would be dangers involved too, and lack of funds and all kinds of things. But I think, I think in this, you know, there's so many ways you could go with this, Brenda, so many ways. And I think for today, uh, I'd like to focus on trust. Yes. Because when Jesus hits the scene in, in human history, he's recreating everything. He is the new Adam. He's, he's remaking everything that went wrong. So we can look back to Adam and Eve and see that how 
this is the new creation being made. Well, in the first creation with Adam and Eve, our first parents, they lacked trust. Mm. They lacked trust in the Lord that he would provide for them. And so they fell for a lie. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us this, that they, they, they lacked trust in the Father. And so every action came out of that, their disobedience, their pride, everything came out of a lack of trust. They thought God was holding out on them and there was something better. And they never even stuck with the plan long enough to see how it would unfold. We don't know how that plan would have unfolded, you know, but most certainly Christ would be incarnate at some point even without the fall, some believe. Mm. So we don't know and we'll never know. So the antidote then is trust. So think about it. God the Father had to have a lot of trust when mm. he sent Gabriel to Mary and gave his son to be incarnate in her. That was a lot of trust from God the Father. He's showing, okay, there was lack of trust. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead this show. I'm going to trust. I'm going to show you. Of course, there. And then Joseph has to trust the angel in the dream. And right. Mary has to trust Joseph for her welfare when things don't often look good. I mean, think about going to Bethlehem to the census and not having a place. And she's just got to trust when it looks impossible. And she's learned to do it. She knows she's pregnant by the by the Holy Spirit. So she's learned right out the chute, I can trust the impossible because this is humanly impossible. Right. Right? So she's learned that. So here she is ready to give birth and she's and it looks like there's nowhere to go. And Joseph, he's got to trust too and keep trying. And it's kind of how it is with us. Like our our virtues and our growth in love and trust, they don't mean anything unless they're tested. That's how they grow. Otherwise, we really don't know if we have them or how far we've come, right? So Mary and Joseph were tested in that trust and they passed it with flying colors, you know? And then we think about Joseph, didn't say much, but he did a lot. Like the night that the angel came to him and he needed to leave, right? Take the family and go to Egypt. Herod is after the child. Go, go now, you know? So think about it. Mm. Mary had to really trust Joseph because she's leaving her family. They don't have time to pack anything. His livelihood, maybe he packs his tools up and brings them at the last minute. But she has to trust him. Now, most modern women would say, you know, we're raising this child together. I want to be, I, I want you to consult me on these major decisions like moving, you know, <laughs> consult uh, me, you know. Yes. And, 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 but there's this trust. So she doesn't take the time and question him. She trusts him. It's not a master slave, Mary, do what I say. It's Mary, we got to go. Okay, Joseph, show me what to do. You know, I'll follow you. Mm. It, it's that trust and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And so all through this whole story of the Holy Family is just, you can ponder any part of their lives. I mean, when they lost the Christ child, you can ponder any part of their lives and God constantly, you know, tested them with trust and solicited that from them. And it's interesting too, trust being the antidote in our modern day, we need it so much. And that's the divine mercy message. You know, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus told Faustina that your trust gives you incomprehensible rights over my heart. He also said to her, 
your, when she didn't trust, your lack of trust wounds me more than any of your other sins. So trust is really key. And in Advent, I think that that is a, a, a real theme. Mm. So throughout their lives, Joseph and Mary, and again, we don't know how long Joseph was in the life of Christ, but we showed him a trade. He was there in his life long enough. And that beautiful image of Joseph's death, we know that Christ and Mary by his bedside, that makes Joseph the patron saint of a happy death. Yes. Wouldn't we all want to be that way? So it's just this a beautiful relationship between the three of them, this holy family. And really uniquely for them, Christ was the center for their family in the similar way that Christ is the center for every family. And they allowed Christ to be that person for them, the center of their family, because they knew who he was meant to be. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about how they lived that Christ-centered life. Well, we're supposed to live a Christ-centered life. Um, he is what gives our life meaning and purpose and and he's everything, you know, he's the meaning of life and he's the answer to everything. So that makes perfect sense. But in marriage, he is like the third person of the marriage. Like he's the center, right? Mm. He was the center of their marriage. He was the reason they were married. He's the center of everything, you know? And so the other thing too, like let's, let's remember when he is a little bit older and he stays behind in the temple and they lose him. We all know that story. They think sure. he's with them and, and he's not. And they, they search for three days. Oh, I cannot imagine that, that search. For oh, their, yes. test, their trust in God is tested yet again. You know, I've but, lost a child in the supermarket for 10 minutes and you know how that feels. Oh, they it was horrible. Three days. I, I've done mm. the same thing. They find him and they're, you know, they question him. Why did you do this to us? And Mary refers to Joseph as your, as his father, your father and I've been looking for you. And she asks him that, but you know, that whole family, their, their eyes were on the Lord, on the Lord. So if their eyes are on the Lord and they're receiving from him, there's no, there's no competition. Mm. There's no competition. They want the will of God. And we get disordered when we get competitive okay. in, in our families, in our workplaces or anything, we should all be wanting the best for each other. So of course, once he explains to them, I'm sure Mary had an aha moment. Of course they want the best for their son. The mission is just becoming more clear. And I think that that is an interesting thing that their focus was so much on God that there's no competition. And he doesn't get in trouble. No. <laughs> you know. But he was obedient to but them. But he was obedient to them, which Mary was obedient to Joseph. Joseph was obedient to God. It's great. So, Julie, and we often think this, and we've talked about this before, that the, the lives of the saints, especially a perfect life like the Holy Family, they can be difficult to relate to. But every family, no, and, and we go through terrible things, and some families are broken in just awful ways in this time of year can bring up a sense of sadness too. And yet even in the midst of that, our eyes should be fixed towards the Holy Family and striving for what they had. Absolutely. I think that this is an area where we can share our pain. Mm -hmm. It may be pain that's our own doing. It may be because of concupiscence and choices that we've made. It doesn't matter the pain. It can be given to Jesus Christ, because remember, he came to earth to recreate everything 
That includes our lives, our past, everything. And we have learned that when it looks impossible, we can trust him, even for things in the past that we think we can't have a redo. We can trust him. He's God. He can do anything. So we need to give that to him and we need to claim it and hope in it because the Lord came to undo the works of Satan from uh, what happened with Adam and Eve and all the destruction and all the dysfunction and the reasons why we can't relate and why we hurt each other. And we do, and we're a mess, a lot of us. So I think just pray and identify with the Lord in his, in Mary and her suffering and Jesus and his suffering and Joseph, Joseph suffered too. He suffered when, when he heard the prophecy of Simeon, do you think he didn't suffer? Mm. Do you think that he didn't wish he could be there for Mary and Jesus? And maybe interiorly he knew he wouldn't get to be. I mean, and when he died, he knew he was, when he was dying, he knew he wouldn't get to be, but he was obedient to God and he left when it was time to go. I mean, they suffered so like so we can so we can use our suffering and now we can make it redemptive even if it comes out of pain that's what jesus does he takes something bad that's meant for our downfall and he turns it upside down and he uses it to redeem us Mm -hmm. that's just like the cross looked like the end but it's what redeemed us It is what redeemed us. Julie, you just bring forward such incredible stories of the saints. We are so appreciative. Thank you so much for joining us today and bringing forward this mission. Every long, long stream led me to where you are. This much I know is true. That God blessed the broken road that led me straight to you. I love the way Julie sets this up. The Holy Family on mission and trust. Their mission was to the heart of trust. That's what she said. And as she went through every part of the Holy Family's life, they had to trust. I got to tell you, Scott, if I were nine months pregnant and you said, I have this uh, word, the angel came to me in a dream and we've got to go. I'm not sure that I would have been so kind to you to say, what are you talking about? But they, they trusted unconditionally because that was their mission. They had a mission and they had to trust the Lord in it. And we don't always want to trust the Lord. We're all on mission. You know, I think some of the most challenging things that God draws us to when we, when we enter in with that kind of trust hook, line and sinker, and we say it to someone else based on that conviction that I know this is what God wants. God's calling me to this. That when they speak that, even though it may sound so off base to the other person hearing it, the authentic word is, is it's impossible not to receive the authentic word, which is, which is what Joseph was saying to Mary. Authentically, this is what we have to do. I've had this dream. This is what we need to do. And it was an authentic word. And that's, you know, Christ spoke with that authentic word, which just leveled people who would come with the greatest arguments, the greatest rabbis, the greatest scribes who knew the law inside and out. And he would say it with an authenticity that they that would just uh, shatter the framework that they might have otherwise been there of their pride to say, I'm going to I'm going to tell this guy, put this guy in his place. 
that authentic word, that's what, that's what Joseph had and what he continued to have throughout Jesus' life because he, he followed God's word through the angel in his dream in such a convicted way it's like when you see somebody convicted, you're like, you're moved by that, right? Right. It has effect. It's actually sacramental in the effect that it has. I think the other thing that struck me in the conversation and what I heard Julie talking about their mission is that we all have mission. You and I had a mission. And 34 years ago, we decided our mission was to get married and we've journeyed. And now we are working with our own children and they each have a mission that they are supposed to be going on and they are trying to trust and follow the best that they can what strikes me though in in hearing their stories and living with them through their stories hearing the stories of the saints hearing the stories of the holy family that god cares about every mission that each one of us has the same god cares about our son's decision and his mission just as much as he cared about Joseph's mission and about what Joseph was set upon to do. We, we all have that. We all are cared for by God exactly the same. So we shouldn't feel like what we're supposed to do in our lives is less than any of the great saints or of the popes or of the Holy Family. It's the same as far as God's concerned. Right. The selling short of who we are as created beings of God took place with Adam and Eve. And as she points out, you know, that, that this is rectified, it's remedied um, at the beginning steps of the Holy Family, working together in unity to make decisions that were impossible absent God's guidance. And they constantly leaned into God. And, you know, to, to think about just, just the gravity of this, and I just really want to stress this, especially during Advent time, that there is a Hebrew family who gets this word that they are to go back to Egypt and to think about the consequences and the history and the teaching and the, and the, the prejudice of that whole thought that would be, you know, all wrapped up into, into this challenge. Why would any Israelite want to go back to Egypt, given the history? Mm-hmm. But that is what they were called to do. That was the safe place. And they were willing to trust what seemed absolutely unequivocally impossible from their own upbringing. So that, you know, God, the moment we have that intense response from God, like Joseph had, we, we are able to overcome our own limitations with tremendous conviction. Mm, Absolutely. So during this Advent season, journey with the Holy Family to the heart of trust, because, boy, that is everything for sure. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Yes. Lord, we, as we have so many times done here, thank you for family whether a family is in struggle right now or a family is joining in great happiness, we know that family has purpose. And so watching the Holy Family, keeping our eyes, being aware of Jesus during this time of Advent, being aware of his family during this time of Advent, we pray for those who need our prayers. We pray for those within our families who need our prayers so that we may come together in unity 
around the Holy Child, Jesus Christ, this season. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Continue to have a blessed day. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.